our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome to What's a Crime, I'm Linda, and today we're going to be talking about the new recording of Lori Vallow Daybell that was aired on Annie Cushing's YouTube channel. Annie Cushing is Tylee Ryan's aunt and Joseph Ryan's sister. Joseph Ryan was Lori Vallow's third husband. I'm going to point out the areas that stand out and talk about the events and the timeline in the case. I'm also going to connect some dots and expose some patterns. But before I get into it, if you'd like to be part of the It's a Crime community, please click that subscribe button below and hit that notification bell to all. Also, please share this video and give it a like. Now, let's get into it. So now let's set the scene. This was recorded on October 19th, 2018. In it, Lori talks to a group of people. What I'm covering today is a small portion of that recording. In the recording, you can hear Chad Daybell laughing, you can hear Melanie Gibbs' voice, and for a moment it sounds like Zulema also in that clip. Now this is an important date. October 19th, 2018 is one year exactly before Tammy Daybell died. Also, we have been wondering what the date actually was when Lori had everybody over at her house. This could be the date and this is why it's recorded with a bunch of people there, including Chad Daybell. They all went to Lori's house while Charles was away on a business trip. Let's talk about Lori first because she led the conversation. Lori talks about how much she loves Melanie Gibb and how she relates to her as a sister. Back in September, we heard Chad's lawyer, John Pryor, continually question Melanie Gibb, asking her about the relationship with her and Lori and kept pushing the sister um, relationship. Lori then talks about her making covenants in the pre-mortal life. She talks about Jesus Christ washing over her and it's life-changing and eternity-altering. She also said she had seen Moroni. She says, I have had lots of angelic ministry with people who wake me up at 4 o'clock in the morning and tell me things to do. I no longer need to sleep very much because I'm woken up constantly by angels and giving me instructions on things that I can do to help further the Father's work. Now, when I hear her talk about 4 o'clock in the morning, it brings me right back to when JJ and Tylee died. And perhaps even Tammy. That's the question mark as well. I had questioned in previous videos about the time they could have died and wondered if it was the devil's hour, which is in the middle of the night. The devil's hour is known to be 3 a.m. And here we hear Lori talking about 4 o'clock in the morning. Now remember, with Alex Cox, his phone pinged at Lori's apartment in the middle of the night, the night that Tylee went missing and was killed. He was back at his own apartment at 4.37 in the morning, and in the affidavit, it didn't say anything about Alex's phone pinging uh, with JJ, but we do know that Alex came back to Lori's apartment with JJ, and in the morning, he was gone. 
And with Tammy Daybell, the coroner estimated her death at around 2 a.m. It is an estimation. So you see where I'm going with this? Could this be the time that JJ and Tylee died and Tammy? Did Lori have a consultation around this time in the middle of the night so she could have direction on what to do with each of them? Now let's continue on. Lori goes on to say to everybody in the room, she goes, you want me to tell the story? And Melanie Gibbs says, it sounds like Melanie Gibbs, she says, your stories are pretty meaty. And then you can hear Chad laughing in the background. Lori says, there's a turning point in my life that turned me to the temple and this is what I teach everybody. She talks about her third husband, Joseph Ryan, and that he was a terrible man, she says. And she said he also joined the church. And she said that he's a good showman to everyone else. She says, after we got divorced, he said I was this crazy, lying Mormon. Well, here is the jaw-dropping part that you may or may not heard of already. And it says more than we think. After we were divorced, um he told everybody that I was this lying, crazy Mormon and got up in court and said all these horrible things about me and turned it around to where the judges believed him instead of me. And he was constantly trying to get custody of my three-year-old daughter and just to rub it in my face. And um, I went through a lot of years of, of this kind of hard stuff and I was going to murder him. I was going to kill him, like the scriptures say, like Nephi killed him, just to stop the pain and to stop him coming after me and to stop him coming after my children. And I was just, I just thought I couldn't take it anymore. And I would go through the scriptures and find all the things, like if he comes against you once, if he comes against you twice, if he comes against you three times, then you can kill him. It says it in the scriptures. And I'm like, there it is. There's my answer. I don't want to do anything that's wrong. I did not have a murderous heart. I just wanted to stop the bleeding and stop the pain. So first, let's talk about Nephi that she mentions in this clip, and then I'll talk about the rest. In the Book of Mormon, Nephi killed a man named Laban. Now, Nephi is one of four brothers. His dad, Lehi, was a prophet, and he tells his son to go to Laban and get the plates of brass because it has the genealogy of his family on it. So the four brothers go, and Lehi's oldest son, Laman, goes in front of Laban and asks for the brass plates. Laban says, if I were to cry out that you are a robber, then I would be within my rights to slay you. So he calls him a robber and Laban's men go after Laban and Laban runs away. Now the brothers go again to face Laban, only this time they carry their silver and their gold to offer to Laban in exchange for these plates. All the brothers are in front of Laban. And Laban calls them thieves this time and orders them to be slain again and keeps the gold and silver all to himself and the brothers run away. The two older brothers are angry at the two younger brothers because the younger brothers are determined to go back and get these brass plates for their father. They want to obey him and the Lord. So the two 
older brothers start beating up on the younger brothers. And during this, an angel appears to them and saves them. They then decide to go back again to see Laban, only Nephi goes alone. He finds Laban drunk and passed out on the ground. And he hears a voice from the Lord telling him to kill Laban. The Lord says, thou must kill Laban. And Nephi says, never at any time have I shed the blood of man. And the Lord says, Nephi, the Lord hath delivered him into thine hands. Behold, the Lord slayeth the wicked to bring forth his righteous purposes. It is better that one man should perish than that a nation should dwindle and perish in unbelief. So Nephi then takes Laban's sword and kills him. He puts on Laban's clothing as a disguise and goes to ask for entry into the treasury to obtain the brass plates. And he's successful. He gets the brass plates. So now going back to the paragraph, Lori refers to coming after me once, coming after me twice, and then three times she says she has permission to kill. So it's kind of like the Book of Mormon, only Lori has her own twist on it, so to speak. The first time Laban goes after one of the brothers and calls him a robber, then they come back and then Laban goes after the four brothers, calling them thieves and orders them to be slain. And so a third time Nephi comes to him. So this is where Lori in her uh, mind is making logic saying, see one time, two time, three times, you're dead. Now let's go back to Lori and her words according to her own life. Lori says, I was going to murder him. I was going to kill him like the scriptures say, like Nephi killed him. Just to stop the pain and to stop him from coming after me and to stop him from coming after my children. And I was just, I just thought I couldn't take it anymore. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I will go to the scriptures and find all the things like if he comes against you once, if he comes against you twice, if he comes against you three times, then you can kill him. It says it in the scriptures in the Book of Mormon. I was like, there it is. There's my answer. I don't want to do anything that's wrong. And she says, I did not have a murderous heart. I just wanted to stop the bleeding and stop the pain. What's interesting is this recording was recorded on October 19th, 2018, like I mentioned. And as I mentioned earlier, this is one year to the day before Tammy Daybell died. Also, Joseph Ryan, Lori's third husband, died on April 2018, making this six months after Joseph died. What's also interesting is Lori does not mention anything about the death of Joseph, absolutely nothing, which I find interesting. And of course, she explains how she was about to murder Joseph and explained the excerpt in the Book of Mormon has the justification from the scriptures and she went and looked them up to support murder. She says, of course, it's right there in the Book of Mormon if he comes at you once, twice, three times, and you can kill him. So essentially, she's saying she has permission from the Book of Mormon to commit murder because it says so right there in the book. 
So side note, as a bonus to this video, I highly recommend going to my previous video where I talk about a secret society called Secret Combinations. And this sheds light on more on the Book of Mormon and this actually goes hand in hand and now also um, amplifies that video from this little tidbit of information. Now, according to Lori, Joseph came at her several times and we know that Alex used a stun gun on Joseph and Alex spent time in jail for it. And here it sounds like the justification for murder, right? So now let's talk about Charles Vallow, Lori's fourth husband, who is also deceased nine months after this recording. In January of 2019, Charles Vallow was seen on body cam and he talked about Lori not acting right and telling him that she's going to murder him if he gets in her way. And so Charles tried serving her papers for divorce and also getting assessed. That's one, that's two. Where's the three? What it says is Charles says she threatened me, murder me, kill me. The officer says she threatened to murder you. And Charles says, she said, you're not Charles. I don't know who you are, what you did with Charles, but I can murder you now with my powers. So now I start to question how many times did Tammy come at Chad? Meaning maybe Tammy was suspicious of Chad's infidelity and maybe she started suspecting a few things and saying a few things. And I'm wondering if Chad and Lori are like, well, she's coming at you once and she's coming at you twice. Three strikes, you're out. So now let's get back to the clip. She says, and so someone wise was speaking to me and said, you need to go to the temple. And then she says, so I went and met my bishop. He says, it sounds like I'm either going to turn my life to the temple or I'm going to commit murder. So do you want to give me a temple recommend? And she starts laughing. She says, I was perfectly honest because at that point I had nothing to lose. And he gave me my temple rec. She says every week she would go to the Mesa temple and not with her current husband. So now I'm naturally wondering at this point who the bishop she was talking about in the clip because I wonder if it's Gabe Bonilla. And the reason why is because in the body cam, we see Charles Vallow say, I'm with my bishop and he was with Gabe. So then Lori goes on to talk about how I went every single week to the temple. She says, I had five kids that I was dealing with. And now some of you may be asking, who's the five kids? Because we know Colby, Tylee, and JJ, but some people forget that Charles Vallow has two children as well. They're grown up and out of the house at this point when Charles died. So some people may not know that full story. So she goes on to say about how she turned everything over to the Lord because she couldn't handle it. She says, I can't do it. You have to do it for me. And then she said for years and years, she went every week to the temple. She said once a week wasn't enough. Then I started going to the temple every single day. Now here's where I start asking questions again, because she said she was going to murder Joseph and she said she was told to go to the temple. So she went every week to avoid killing Joseph. And then she felt like it wasn't enough, so she had to amp it up to every single day. So was she wanting or having those feelings that she was gonna murder someone, or what was it? Why the increase? Now, back to Charles Vallow's body cam, he says, it's been going on for about four or five years. He says, it's gotten really, really bad lately. She goes to the temple every day and speaks with Moroni and Jesus Christ, and they tell her what to do. 
Lori then goes on in the clip and starts talking about miraculous experiences and doing family history and she says she hates computers and so she asks the angels to do the work for her. She says, I hate computers, I'm going to do family history so I need angels to come do this for me. She says she had miraculous experiences and she says she went upstairs to take a bath and then when she was done nine names were ready to print in her inbox and she took them to the temple. My immediate gut reaction was, Probably Chad gave her these this information, or like she says, miraculously, they were in her inbox. She says, it was a miracle. They did their own work. She goes, I'm signed in. Come do the work. And she says, they still type their names in. So she goes on to talk about dark courtrooms and evil powers and how the Lord has washed that all away from her. She said, and he sent me on a mission. Now she talks about going to Hawaii and she needed some confirmation in order to go if that's what she's supposed to do. So she said she went to the temple and there was this woman there asking her to pull names for her and she said she opened something of this woman's and it was stamped Hawaii, Hawaii, Hawaii and she said therefore that was the final confirmation and the sixth confirmation I believe it was that she needed to go and move to Hawaii. She did make a comment in this clip where she said, I have to leave my baby and her babies. And at first I thought, what, that's so weird. What is she talking about ba leaving baby and babies? And then I saw Annie Cushing talking about it and she explained that she believed it was Melanie Pulowski she talked about and about Melanie's kids. So that makes sense to me because we have seen before where Melanie Pulowski has said Lori has been more like a mother figure to her. Now, Lori goes on to talk about being in the temple, and while she was in the temple, Lori said that her husband Charles' dead aunt came over and kissed her on the cheek. She then says she heard a voice, and she says uh, that it said, don't forget about me, don't forget about me, and she said she thought to herself, anybody hear that? No? Okay. And she talked about looking it up as to who it was, and she said it was two daughters and a son. She says, I don't even search it. I let the angels do it. She said her teenage daughter did the baptisms and she said she's going to do their initiatories. She goes on to talk about these two daughters and says, they said to me, we are bringing our brother like you're bringing your brother. She says, and I thought, how do they know that my excommunicated brother who I love, who is now awake and knows everything I know, how do they know that? She says, because they know everything that's going on in our lives. They're very involved in our lives. They are very interested in what we are doing right now because the time is now. The Lord is gathering his people. He is calling his people to, be, to the 144,000. They're already being called. They're already being sent on their mission. They're already going full circle. The time is now. He is coming. He is preparing us and we promised we would do it. This part to me is a gift. Because I know that Alex was part of the group and they would get together with Chad and Melody Gibb and Melanie Pulowski. But I had wondered at what point was Alex involved in this, in these conversations and in the scriptures. And here she talks about her brother and being awake and knowing what she knows. And this is really important. We know that Alex was Lori's henchman, so to speak. So he went after Joseph with a stun gun and even in jail, he still wanted to go after Joseph for, for, from there. So why stop, right? And then we see him claim self-defense from Charles and we also see that Alex phoned pinged 
with both JJ and Tylee. But now that I'm linking these pieces together, it makes sense that Alex was right in there with their beliefs far before than we thought. And even Melanie said that Alex was 100% uh, in his belief in zombies. In a interview with Melanie Gibb and Nate Eaton from East Idaho News, Nate says, what was your thoughts when you heard of all of this talk about zombies? And Melanie Gibb says, I did question it, all of us did. I sat and talked to Alex about that a few weeks before he passed away. I'm like, I'm not too sure about this zombie thing. He goes, I 100% believe it. Nate says he said he 100% believed it and Melanie Gibbs says yes. So Alex really did believe. Nate says, do you think that when he shot Charles that was in his mind? That Charles is a zombie and I must get rid of him. Melanie says, yeah, because he really felt to protect his sister that was his duty. And Nate says that was his duty to protect his sister. So then Lori starts talking about how she was standing in this moment by herself and she's wondering to the Lord, why did you make me this way now a warrior rather than super sweet and sensitive that she's used to being. And so she says, why would you ask me to fight this life, impede this warrior? Now I'm seeing Lori's reading this Book of Mormon and living by it. Her brother is now awake and knows everything she knows. He's learning one, two, three, kill as well. And he now 100% believes in zombies like they do. And now Charles isn't Charles because Chad says he's turned into a zombie. And in Lori's eyes, Charles, who is now Nick or Ned Schneider, is coming after her. He does it once, he does it twice, and boom, justification from both Lori and Alex and Chad since Chad raided everyone in his hit list and saying that he's dark and a zombie. Check out also my video that I have about the interaction between Chad and Lori via email, which I believe is in code, and this is actually strengthening that theory as well. Then Lori goes on to talk about having a pre-mortal memory of herself that has to do with the warriors. She said, I got to see myself as a warrior fighting for the savior and other worlds and I fought and I was one of the strongest warriors. I was not sweet and I was not innocent, I was old. Then she starts talking about the savior. She says, I will testify to you that the savior is real. He loves each of you like Melanie says, if you're here and are resonating, you are a warrior. She says you would not be awake if you aren't a warrior. So there she's talking about being awake and she said Alex is now awake, making him also a warrior. And what does warriors do, right? So she she's gathering warriors and she says she's an advocate for women. She starts talking about you're gonna be like mother. She says what I try to teach women and people she says, I'm at perfect peace with where everybody is, which is interesting. She says, the Lord is in charge of each person. She then goes to talk about Colby and how he's not part of her church. He goes to his wife's church and she went to the temple to talk to the Lord and she wanted to know what to do and she got this answer from the Lord. He says to her, you love him, let me lead him. I got this, I know him like I know you. Now, perhaps this is the reason why she didn't tell Colby that they were moving to Idaho. 
or perhaps the kids were already, you know, two times at coming at her and she just had one more before she had permission, like Nephi did. And the Lord spoke to her and the angel spoke to her at 4 a.m. like we were talking about. Just like Chad's dead grandmother-in-law spoke to him because she speaks to him each year on September 23rd, which is her birthday, which just happens to be the same date that JJ died and was killed. If, in fact, he died in the middle of the night, like I suspect, and a lot of us suspect. So Lori goes on to talk about finding the warrior within. She says, you find out the warrior in you. You find out what you came on this earth to do. You find out what you promised you would do. She says, we help elevate this vibration. We're in celestial vibration, but we need to bring it up. It needs to be a terrestrial vibration. She says, the Savior can't come to the unsanctified. He's going to come dwell with the sanctified. She says, if you have that desire, that burning can be on the outside of you. She goes, she goes on to say, um, when you walk down the road, the dark ones in the other realms are afraid of you because you are encased in heavenly fire. The Lord is encased in heavenly fire. She says, I make the suggestion, go to the temple every day until you are encased in heavenly fire. She says, the Lord, all-knowing and omnipotent, will stretch time for you. She says, I get caught up in it. She says, all week long for several hours in the temple. She says, time doesn't really apply to you and the Lord will stretch time for you. She says, you can give him your time and what sounds like Zulema says, and your love. Now, this is important. She says, I want the dark and terrible ones to just depart at the thought of me coming down the road. It's so scary to them. That's what I want and that's what he gave me. He'll give it to anybody who wants it. Now, we are seeing now just how much Lori is living according to this Book of Mormon. She's not just reading it and living it through a spiritual experience, she's using it more like a manual, it seems. Would you agree? Let me know in the comments below. She's justifying her actions because the Book of Mormon says so. She's saying she's this warrior and she's telling Charles and others, if anyone gets in her way, she will murder them and nothing or no one will get in her way. This strengthens the secret society that I talked about in the Book of Mormon and I show the parallels with Chad and Lori being part of this secret society, secret combination in my past video. And I'll put that in the description below and also in the card here as well. It shows that she really does believe that she can do this and get away with it. She sees anyone who is dark to just depart at the thought of her coming down the road. And interesting, she says the word depart. And who's dark, right? Charles, Tylee was rated dark, and quickly JJ turned from light to dark. And my bet, Tammy was rated dark as well. And Chad certainly had his hand in this massacre right from day one, especially from his email dictating who's dark and who's light, like a hit list. And Alex, had his role as well, and so did Lori. Now, Lori gets word from the Lord, like Nephi, like Chad. Lori is told to do things, and so does Chad. Alex believes 100% in zombies, so did Chad, so did Lori. And what do you do with things that are dark and a zombie? You make them depart. How this is not murder is anyone's guess. 
It's only a matter of time before Chad and Lori get slapped with these murder charges. It has to. Now, most of you will say, well, this is circumstantial. But once you start connecting these dots and adding them all together, it forms a bigger story. Now, the authorities have to put the rest together and charge them with murder. So the more we dig, the more the truth will come to light. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comments below. Be sure to have a look at that secret combination, again, if you've already seen it, and also that email code from Lori to Chad. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and please share. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.